630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Early in the third, Pittsburgh leading New Jersey 2-1. The Senators are up 4-1 on the Rangers with six minutes left in the second period. Oil Kings in action against Victoria a little bit later on tonight. Tomorrow, the Edmonton Oilers coming off that loss to the Kings. They're 14-7-3. They will visit the 11-9-4 Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights beaten in overtime last night by the San Jose Sharks. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad, and the game will start at 8. Sam G. writes in, says to 780-496-0063. He says, read my prediction, Winnipeg 28, Hamilton 19, simply because they are the underdog, and Zach Kalaros is going to keep eliminating the teams he had played for but never got to the promised land with. I really think he will do anything to win the game. He's a very good quarterback, except being injury-prone, which has kept him out. And uh, Richard says, uh, I completely believe in the CFL's division system. Not only does it save the team's money by not having to travel as much, I think it's, that's also better for the players. As far as the Grey Cup goes, I always hear about people wanting to support whatever Western team is there, unless it's Calgary, of course. This proves the fact that people do identify with the team that most closely represents them. I don't think an Ottawa versus Grey Cup Toronto would resonate out here or vice versa. Not as all. That is uh, from Richard texting 780-496-0063. I just want to see the playoff system reward the best teams with the bye and have, you know, the six seed play the three seed and the five seed play the four. Now, this year was a little, made a little more sense, but there have been years the top three teams in the league have all been in the West. So instead of having a bye, the second overall team has had to host the third overall team, and then the winner of that game has had to play the first overall team. Like, I don't have a problem if an underdog team, you know, or a 9-9 and team or whatever makes the Grey Cup, but they shouldn't have a bye at a home game like sometimes the first-place team in the East has had. That, that's, but, but, Richard, I get what you're saying, and I don't think Randy Ambrosi wants to change the divisional system, so I'm, I'm probably yelling into a void of nothingness. Well, I guess a void by definition is kind of nothing. <laughs> Challenge shaking his head. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Reed Wilkins. It's great to have you on the show. And I, I really look forward to talking to, the, to this guest. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those interviews where I'm going to be learning a lot uh, as I go. Dave Campbell, who's the producer of the show, he and I were talking about ideas. And we said, you know, you know there's always a flyover before the Grey Cup, whether it's the Snowbirds or, or a CF-18 or something like that. What about somebody involved uh, in these flyovers? So we're pleased to welcome to the show Captain Verinder Dillon, who is the Fly Past Director uh, for the Canadian Forces. Uh, Captain Dillon, did, did I get your title right? Is that, is, is that the accurate language? Yeah, that's perfect, actually. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, I, I don't know if you've been on a lot of sports shows, but I, this, is, this is a really good, cool topic. How many uh, Grey Cup flyovers uh, have you been a, a part of in your career? Um, I've flown over uh, one of them, and I've, I actually look after fly pass for major cultural events, sporting events. So I was at the Eskimos game uh, for the military appreciation game in August, as well as the last year's Grey Cup in Edmonton and this year's Grey Cup here in Calgary. Awesome. So do is, is this like a great assignment? I mean, do pilots hope that they're going to be in one of the planes that gets to go over a big sporting event like the Grey Cup? 
I think so, because uh, when I got a chance to do it in Winnipeg, it was just an amazing thing because um, growing up as a little kid, I wasn't expecting to, one, become a fighter pilot, but at the same time to go ahead and know that there's that many people in the stadium watching on TV, go ahead and appreciate the uh, the level of effort that the elite athletes uh, put into the sporting event. And then to be a part of it where the... At the time, though, when I flew over the Great Cup, it was the Snowbirds and then us in the F-18. And it just brings uh, a, an extra level of enthusiasm and energy to the to the crowd that's there. Uh, so you did the one in Winnipeg, the Eskimos won then? Um, yeah. 2015, yeah. So, yeah. That's incredible. No, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling because uh, you don't go ahead and... and get to be a part of things like this unless uh, you're asked and to be asked is a great opportunity as well so uh how much planning goes into you know the timing and and the route the planes have to take and, and obviously they got to arrive almost to the second right because there's you know there's a whole pregame festivity there's tv timing to worry about so I mean, how long have you sort of been going through all the logistics for for the uh, fly past on Sunday? Well, it, that takes a lot of coordination between making sure that the director is getting the effect he's looking for. The aircraft are going to be traveling between 600 and 700 feet a second. Oh. So with the, the stadium not being that long um, and the person, of course, singing the national anthem here in Calgary, it'll be the Calgary Show Band. So to make sure that you arrive as the last note is done, the pyro goes off, and so then that way people can look up and see the F-18. We try to arrive at the exact second that the song ends. Wow, that is incredible. So what, do they have the audio of the sound into the cockpit? No, it'll actually be me making sure that I'm listening into the director, I'm listening into how the program is going. With the, the game being so special, there's going to be a lot of VIPs, a lot of people who are there to make sure that they are on TV, listen to everything that's going on. So we'll be counting down to the time that it takes for the, the start of the anthem. The aircraft will actually be located approximately 12 nautical miles away, and then that 12 nautical miles it's only two minutes for us to get there oh wow okay. so when <laughs> when i'm going to be listening to the director it'll be like okay four minute heads up three minute heads up and then that last little bit is mostly kind of crossing your fingers and making sure that the guys show up on time and at the same time if i have to i can slow them down a little bit or i can make them go faster and the f-18 is obviously one plane that can go a lot faster right okay so between six and seven hundred feet per second so yeah uh, faster than gizmo williams in his prime <laughs> <laughs> or gizmo would probably say almost as fast if he were here for sure because he'd be <laughs> looking over his shoulder and still the f-18s will be behind him of course <laughs> That's that's awesome. Okay, so I mean, this this is this is so cool to, to to talk to you about this. Now, maybe you can't tell me yet, but how many planes are going to go over the Grey Cup? Like, it, will it be how, how many? Are you allowed to tell me? We'll we'll have two F-18s. They'll okay. be leaving Coal Lake, and then from Coal Lake to Calgary is about a 23-minute trip, and they'll be up in a hold up to the northwest of Calgary. And then making sure just that uh, we're listening in to what's going on at the actual stadium, uh, making sure we sequence ourselves in time. So the plan is for the have 
to have the F-18s arrive just at the end of the national anthem and then to go around once more and then to be there for the kickoff. What's their altitude when they go over the stadium? Because I've been in my seats at Commonwealth when there's a flyover and you almost feel like you can reach up and touch the bottom of the plane. It feels very close. I was in um, the stadium just uh, up in Edmonton just in August. Um, We're at a 500 feet above any obstacles that are near us. So it it looks closer, but the plane is, it's a bigger plane than the snowbirds are. And it's also a plane that uh, we use actively in operations overseas. So when it shows up, I mean, it brings the noise, it brings the effort, it brings the the energy that people are really looking for. And uh, we're looking really forward to this. So 500 feet above ground is where we'll be. Captain Verinder Dillon joining us on Inside Sports. He's the Fly Pass Director for the Canadian Forces, telling you a little bit about Fly Pass for Grey Cups and, and other big events and about, about the planning. Now, the, the, the Snowbirds, um, I guess they're a little more known for the, well, I don't even know what to call it, like not, maybe trick flying isn't the right word, but more of the kind of show flying. Is that is that fair to say? Um, I would describe it more as the aerobatic flying the that aerobatic, goes on. Okay. They're ambassadors for the Royal Canadian Air Force and the Canadian Armed Forces to go from community to community, whether it's here in Canada um, or into the U.S., and just to show the the the, the effort that it takes to become a pilot in the Canadian Forces. Um, we're talking to become an F-18 pilot, five courses, two and a half years. A lot of our courses are... Um, no redos allowed. So if you are unsuccessful, it'll be the first and last time that you'll actually go ahead and be a part of it. And um, so it's just a great uh, opportunity for people in the the military to go ahead and showcase the um, the, the extra effort it takes. To, I mean, a lot of things in life require a lot of effort. However, just a lot of people grow up with the dream. They, they look up and they see an airplane fly by and they think, hey, that's something that I would like to do. And it actually happened to me when I was 16. I read a book in high school and I thought, that's what I want to be is a fighter pilot. And to go ahead and to take something that is a dream and then to turn it into a goal and then to put the energy to make sure that you can go ahead and achieve those goals. Where were you? Uh, where were you when you were 16, reading that book? Well, I I actually came to Canada as a little immigrant kid, so English is my second language. My um, family came over when we were um, when I was only five years old. I grew up in British Columbia. Okay. Eventually finished high school, went to university. I was the first kid in my family to make it to university. And uh, one day I just said to my mom and dad, hey, I think I'm going to go ahead and pursue that dream of becoming a fighter pilot in the Canadian military. And I applied, uh, put in the um, the extra effort. And I wouldn't say that I was lucky. I would say I was just fortunate to have the right people at the right time to go ahead and see something in me that would allow me to become the, the F-18 pilot with by the time that I finished in the military uh, full-time and active duty, it was four tours overseas. I flew over the no-fly zone over Bosnia-Herzegovina, Kosovo, and then I even did a tour with the Army in Afghanistan as well. Wow, that's amazing, Captain Dillon. So you've, you've, you've served the country, and, uh, and, and you've done a lot of amazing things, and you've obviously been in, I'm sure, some... Uh, dangerous or tense situations so putting together something for the great cup is 
uh, must be a blast in comparison to some of the other situations you've probably been in. Yes, I would say that too. I mean, to go ahead and look at the, the various situations I've been in, to go ahead and do something that requires um, um, bringing military aircraft to a large sporting event, cultural event, is to go ahead and show that the men and women of the Canadian Forces are people that they're, they're in the community as well. They're going ahead and, you know, going to the store like everybody else, going to work like everyone else, but at the same time being held to a standard that is just a little bit different, a little bit higher. And then they go ahead and show that Remembrance Day isn't the only day to remember um, the men and women that served in the military, but to go ahead and bring something that is year-round. Well said, well said for sure. And, and I know when, when I've had the opportunity to interview uh, a member of the military, I mean, first of all, just the, the physical demands. Uh, I mean, you have to be uh, athletic. And I know a lot of uh, members of the military will have played sports or had a sporting background, and there's ties to you know teamwork and, and camaraderie and confidence and belief and all those uh, types of things, which I think is, is, is pretty cool. I don't know if you were a, a pretty good athlete yourself, but I imagine you, you, know, you know a lot of them uh, in, the, in the world of pilots. Well, I would say that um, every time I come up, I, I look after the Edmonton Eskimos military appreciation game and the enthusiasm. So the, 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 the security guards, when I walk up to the stadium, to the, the gentleman that looks after the elevator, to every single person that's there, they don't know what you do day to day, but they go ahead and put in so much to say that, Thank you for what you're doing for us. Thank you for what you've done. I mean, I will be the first person to say that a, when I joined the military, I had two suitcases and a pair of cowboy boots. And 20 years later, it's two kids and two pairs of cowboy boots. <laughs> but especially in Alberta, I mean, of all the places I've lived in Canada, this is the place that showcases the level of effort. You are exactly what you deserve because if you put in the energy and and then the the ambition to go ahead and the want to achieve, Alberta is the place where you'll get what you deserve. Captain Dillon, uh, well said. I, I know people are enjoying the interview because we're getting some uh, great texts. Uh, one listener says, 23 minutes, Cold Lake to Calgary, wow. Uh, Dave actually has a question. He says, do the yes. snowbirds ever fly with the Blue Angels? They do at uh, various events across uh, North America. They, I would say they also have flown with uh, the Thunderbirds as well. And probably the fastest I can tell you is I've flown between Calgary and Edmonton, of course, to get away from Calgary, <laughs> in 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, in 15 minutes, uh, I yeah. gotta hook a ride or catch a ride with you next time I need to, <laughs> need to go somewhere. It's it's yeah. this is this this is great. Uh, now, uh, dare I ask your prediction for the game on on Sunday, or or do you want to stay out of that? Well, I think it's probably. I mean, it's 50-50. When Deion Sanders once said that the Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers would win against that really old guy and does Eli Manning <laughs> That's right. or no Peyton Manning in the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I think somebody lost. However, what I think it'll be is an amazing game. It was such a great opportunity last year to be up in Edmonton and to enjoy the, uh, the Commonwealth stadium and then to see how the, the people of Edmonton and the province of Alberta enjoy sports 
and then to go ahead and have it the next year in Calgary, it'll go ahead and show that we love sports. And I think whomever is going to win, it'll be obviously the best team. Captain Dillon, thanks for telling some of your story. I, I hope we can talk again someday because I, I think there's a lot more we could get into. But but thanks for giving fans too some insight into the you know those few seconds they're going to see the the planes buzz over on Sunday. Now we know a little more behind the scenes what goes into it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity and all the best. That is Captain Verinder Dillon checking in, the fly pass director for the Canadian Forces. Wow, that is amazing. 500 feet above the stadium. They're going 600 to 700 feet per second when they go over. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. So that was Captain Verinder Dillon, fly pass director for the Canadian Forces. Uh, love those details, and uh, he's going to be in contact with the pilots on Sunday, making sure the timing is just right to go over McMahon just as the national anthem ends. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Hey, did you know the cradle of hockey is for sale? If you have about $1.4 million, you can buy it. And we'll talk to the man who's selling it. He'll let you know the history and why it's for sale. Next on Inside Sports. The other game, 4-1 for the Senators over the Rangers. Third period just getting underway. Oilers tomorrow in Vegas. 6.30 face-off show game at 8 here on 6.30. Chet Morley Scott has Grey Cup Saturday from 4 to 6. So that's going to be pretty cool. Then we have another Oilers game for you on Sunday. 4.30 face-off show. The game is at 6. Uh, also tomorrow I'm going to be... Uh, doing some reporting from the uh, the golf garage sale. So maybe I'll see you there if you're going to that. I'm going to be there from uh, 9 to 1, so that'll be fun. I'll be checking out some of the stuff myself. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. We have had a fun show. Uh, the latest on the Oilers who did practice today. Jujar Kara was not on the ice, but head coach Dave Tippett says he should be able to play tomorrow. He blocked a shot last night, didn't finish the game. Uh, don't know who the goaltender is uh, is going to be I, I if it's me I do Koskinen tomorrow Smith on Sunday but we'll keep an eye on that obviously uh, keep an eye on uh, Jack and Bob's Twitter accounts tomorrow for the morning skate and of course the Oilers Twitter account as well we uh, talked a little bit about the 2009 Grey Cup the too many man game the 13th man for the Riders that cost them the win at the end Montreal wound up winning Glenn Johnson was the ref in that game he was on we just had Captain Verinder Dillon on the show about coordinating the flyovers for the uh, F-18s that are going to buzz over McMahon Stadium and he's he flew over the Grey Cup as part of that uh, in 2015 when the Eskimos wound up winning so we've had some pretty cool stuff on the show and, and we're going to keep it rolling here with a special guest checking in from the east coast now a, a pond in Nova Scotia called Long Pond is currently for sale. Well, what's the big deal, you ask? 
Well, this pond is billed as the cradle of hockey, that uh, the beginnings of the sport of hockey played there in the early 1800s. It's about a 10-hectare site, and uh, the asking price, $1.38 million. It's currently owned by the Dill family, and I'm pleased to welcome Danny Dill to the show. Danny, how are you doing? Doing great, Reid. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, this is quite a story you have uh, going on. First of all, tell us a little bit uh, about where you're, you're located in Nova Scotia and about Long Pond itself. I, I'd sooner hear it in your words than, than have me summarize it. Yeah, no problem there, uh, Reed. Um, we're about uh, an hour west of Halifax, uh, just kind of the gateway to the Annapolis Valley of Nova Scotia. And, you know, where we're at in Windsor, we're actually in town limits. Um, we're, of course, a century-old farm going way back. And Long Pond is at the back of the property. It's kind of back just at the back of actually Kings H Hill School that's next to us. Um, and they've been around since 1788. Oh, wow. Okay. And now I, I want to get this, your version of this as well. Long, the, the, all the history I've read, Danny, is that Long Pond is recognized by some people as, as the birthplace of hockey. There are some other sites that claim it's, it's maybe their location. Uh, yeah. Tell us why you believe Long Pond has the strongest claim to being the birthplace of hockey. Well, see, back in 1988, this has been going on since the 1940s, of course. I guess I'm going to give you a little history. Um, The NHL wanted to build the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. And Kingston, at that time, Kingston, Montreal, and Halifax all were lobbying. Like, like, you know, it's like, build it here because of our origins of the game. And Halifax's bid had a lot to do with Windsor and Long Pond back in the 40s. And Thomas Halliburton and his references of boys playing hurling the Long Pond here around 1800. And what what come out of that is just basically the NHL said, well, we're just going to not build it. You know, and none of them places are going to build it in Toronto. And so anyway, it just went on for years. And then in 1988... Uh, the King's Edge Hill School next door. Um, there was King's College School at one time. It was a university way back. They were celebrating their 200th anniversary in 1988, and their historian, that there's a local guy, he found more evidence of the boys playing Hurley and Long Pond. There's actually a reference of a, a John Kennard having his front teeth knocked out with a Hurley by a Pete Lancy from Annapolis, on Long Pond around 1816. And actually, John Kennard might be a name that a lot of people in Edmonton would know. It's uh, brother of Samuel Kennard, the steamship fame. So the Nova Scotia Sports Heritage Center in Halifax is like, wow, this is more evidence, supported evidence of Windsor's claim and the, the oldest documented site of hockey first played in Canada on Long Pond, which just happened to be on our property. So they done the press release, and then, of course, here we are today. It's been news for a long time, and most people recognize us as the place. They said it makes sense. It feels right. The setting, everything. Well, first of all, if 
if somebody has the first documentation of somebody's teeth being knocked out, to me, that's got to be the birthplace of hockey, right? <laughs> uh, well, it's my my take on it. It's probably hockey's first recorded injury, right? You know, you're talking about teeth, and what's more common than a hockey player getting his teeth knocked out? Tell me a little bit about the, 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 the setting and the, the dimensions of, of Long Pond. I mean, when I hear Long Pond, I think, well, it's probably rectangular, maybe somewhat shaped like a hockey rink mm-hmm. is, is today. Is that sort of accurate, the dimension-wise? You've hit, you've hit it right on. It is probably just a little bigger than an NHL rink. Um, I'm glad it's no bigger <laughs> because, you know, in the wintertime, it's like, you know, you're back there with your friends helping out, you know, getting the snow off and scraping and maybe putting a flood on it. It, you know, it's it's a big chore, and yes, it is about just exactly the size of an NHL arena or a nice surface. Yeah. Okay, Danny Dill joining us. He's the uh, owner of Long Pond. He's told you where it's located in Nova Scotia and a little bit about the history. So, Danny, pretty awesome piece of property, a lot of history, a uh, big part of your family. How come you've decided to put it up for sale? Um, well, it's been in our family, of course, uh, since 1878. Um, we are farmers. And at the end of the day, you know, the farm comes first. We love the game of hockey. It's been a passion of ours forever. My dad had started a phenomenal hockey collection back in the 1940s. I can tell you, you know, we have a lot of Western Hockey League old programs back in the day. Uh, Edmonton Flyers, you name it. Glenn Hall on the cover before he ever went to the NHL. We have Alberta Oiler programs before they become Edmonton Oilers. I've got some of the first Edmonton Oiler game programs in NHL, like Gretzky's fifth game. Um, we love the hockey. The hockey collection is one of the biggest. That's not for sale. We just, it's hard on me. It's like a tug of war between the farm and Long Pond and tourists coming from around the world. Like, we don't charge anybody to see the pond, but it's just time that maybe, hopefully, somebody could come in and take it to the next level. It's almost the same idea as the Cooperstown, New York, and the baseball thing in the field that we know. You know, the rest is toward Cooperstown. It's just a major development and tourist attraction. So somebody could really capitalize on this and make it great for not only here, not only for Nova Scotia, but for all of Canada. Yeah, that sounds great. So in terms of when the weather is is appropriate and and it's safe and the ice is safe enough to skate on, is is there hockey played on Long Pond daily? You know, like can people or kids just go out there and get a game going? Yep, all the time. You know, I've gone back. You know, it's at the back of the property. I could go back on any given day, and if if the ice, everything's fit, you know, there's a bunch of kids back there playing. You know, and I love it. I, I just to see the kids back playing. You know, it's kind of the roots of the game. It's like anybody grew up playing hockey. It all started on a pond or a lake and so forth, and bring back some memories and losing the puck in the snow or what have you. Um, you know, it just a lot, a lot of memories. Was that where you first skated? We have a. Pardon? Is is that where the fir- yeah. first time you ever skated on Long Pond? Oh, yes, yes. And, 
you know, my ancestors have, my son has. Now he's playing university hockey now. He plays for Dalhousie. Um, you know, hopefully someday, you know, his children could play on it. Um, but see, we have a lot of minor hockey teams in Nova Scotia here, you know, that will book it. If, you know, weather permitting, of course, to bring their team here could be, well, see, now they change the name of hockey levels now, I guess, but Adam or Pee Wee players, they could come here for an afternoon and have a bonfire back there and just go out and play the good old game of hockey and shinny and, I mean, the kids just knock each other in the snowbank and have fun like that. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Well, this this is uh, this is really cool, Danny. Thanks for for sharing your story. What an important part of Canadian and, and hockey history. So thanks for telling the tale and, and where you're at with it now. And before I let you go, uh, you mentioned you have some Oilers memorabilia. You're on in Edmonton. I, I almost got the impression the Oilers might be your favorite NHL team, or or do you have one? Who who's, uh, who's your allegiance? Well. We're big Boston Bruin fans down here. And there's a lot of history there because, you know, I guess most people grow up, if your dad likes this team, well, you you know, it goes way back, the history of Nova Scotia and Boston and New England, uh, you know, the original six sort of deal. Um, be honest with you, my dad was a Toronto fan. And Toronto, to be in Toronto, what they they are, they traded his favorite player away. His name was Gay Stewart. He was the rookie of the year, great player. They traded him to Chicago. And my dad was so upset that then his next favorite player was Milt Smith from the Boston Bruins, so he became a Bruins fan. And that's how we – but there are a lot of Bruins fans down this way. Um, but saying that, I, you know, I honestly like to see a Canadian team – get back there to bring uh, Lord Stanley basically to uh, rise again in Canada. Yeah, well said. Maybe this could be Edmonton's year. Well, you're you're talking to a lot of people on these airwaves who would love to see that. Absolutely. Hey, well, I, I hope it happens. Danny, thank you so much for your time. All the best with the, the future of Long Pond here. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Reed. No problem. All right, that's Danny Dill checking in from uh, near Windsor, Nova Scotia. So Long Pond, he told you the story. Uh, likely the first hockey injury with some lost teeth and uh, likely the, the birthplace of hockey, the cradle of hockey, uh, as it's known. There, there's obviously some dispute, but he put forward his argument and he hopes that whoever buys it can kind of turn it into a... I mean, they, it is a tourist site right now, but maybe make sort of a Cooperstown-type uh, area there and uh, that would be pretty cool that was awesome to have Danny on the show it is 747 we will check your NHL scoreboard just a couple of games tonight Kellen and I will give our guaranteed to be correct great cup predictions you still have time to text or call yours 780-496-0063 winning team and final score and I can also remind you some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on southern classics spun with a modern twist. All right, we have 
Tony on line one. Tony, before we get to your great cup prediction, can I ask where you're calling from? Coventry, Rhode Island. You're calling from Rhode Island. Well, I, I am flattered, but I got to know, how come you're tuning into 630 Chad from Rhode Island? Well, I've been to Edmonton about 11 times, and I'm a CFL fan. And um, actually, uh, can I say the name of the hotel I've stayed at? And the other, I don't know if it's a sponsor as well. You, you get in trouble. You can say it. Oh, okay. It was called the Forum Inn. It's across the street from the Northlands Coliseum, and now it's called the Coliseum Inn. Yep. I used to stay there. So, anyway, I've been to Edmonton many times. It, anyway, just, um, no, I got to know. Just like just to watch hockey or for work or what? Oh no, just um, well, CFL. Oh, to watch CFL specifically. What yeah, got I've you been to the, the CFL? CFL. Um, in 1987, the NFL had its second strike in five years. Millionaires and billionaires fighting over money, while people in the CFL making forty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars to play a game. So that's my reasoning. Now with the the no morality, no integrity, you know, can't play the game legitimately, and you have billionaires playing around throwing a ball. Well, I have no use for you. So I like the CFL for 32 years. Well, I appreciate that, and thanks for yep. listening to Inside Sports. I, I'm curious to hear your prediction, so fire away. Uh, Winnipeg, 22-18. And how come? Um, Winnipeg's been suffering for a long time is what my, my, with my heart, but I think it's going to be a defensive game, low scoring, and just, you know, back and forth, a field goal here, a couple singles mixed in there, and maybe a touchdown here, and one turnover, or something like that. It'll be like a low scoring defensive battle, 22-18. How many games a season can you watch in Rhode Island? Um, we get ESPN too. They put some of them on TV, but I kind of enjoy listening to my Alexa so that I can hear the um, local commercials. Like I've been to Edmonton, like I said, uh, I can tell, you know, like you have a commercial for ETS, uh, walk around, don't throw litter on the ground at Commonwealth Stadium. You know, I walk down that street where they're talking about, you know, I like, and even when I listen to other games in the other cities, same thing like i can hear a commercial i've been in that restaurant before i've walked down that street i like that you know that type thing what's the most popular team in uh, in your hometown like any any sport is it is it the patriots is it the red sox is it maybe somebody from new york what's the top team in your oh no your we're an hour and a half south of boston so it's all the boston stuff it's all the boston stuff okay right Hey Tony, but, um, it was it was nice to meet you. Thank you for listening and yeah. thank you for calling. I, I oh. hope we can chat oh. again. Yeah. By the way, I just want to say hello to Miss Cassandra Gilles Dwayne. <laughs> I like her name. <laughs> well, she's she's a, she's an awesome person to work with. See you, Tony. Yeah. Bye bye. That is uh, Tony calling from Rhode Island. How about that, Kellen? That's really cool. There he's we go. Going, he's going Winnipeg twenty two eighteen. That was uh, that was unexpected. Well, let me tell you that uh, American TV deal the CFL has is a game changer. Or let me because Jalen and I was just saying uh, this week that she was watching last week's Eskimos Thai Cats Eastern Final in her hotel room and she couldn't find the Saints game on. That's right because there would there would have been regional broadcasts in right. the states for the NFL, but uh, ESPN two had the had the CFL playoffs. And I I, I know. Uh, you know, a lot of Americans will follow players they liked in college. They'll follow their careers if they come to the CFL. Oh, yeah, big right? time. I mean, football is, uh, I mean, I know baseball is the national pastime, but football is the number one sport south of the border. That was really cool to have Tony calling in. All right, Kellen. Oh, boy. So before the season, I uh, I did my standings predictions. I put it on Twitter for, for the CFL. Mm-hmm. And I picked Winnipeg to finish first in the West and Hamilton to finish first in the East. And I picked those two teams to play in the Grey Cup. 
I actually didn't write that on Twitter, but I know I, I verbalized it or told people. And all week I've been thinking, I, you know, I, I got to pick Hamilton, 15-3, and three, great story, a lot of great athletes, a lot of speed. But I know before the season I said Winnipeg was going to win the Grey Cup. So I'm not going to change. I, I'm going to stick with Winnipeg. As I mentioned earlier, I've always enjoyed watching Kalaros. I think when healthy, he's an excellent CFL quarterback. He's really helped the Bombers. Uh, I, th- I like the Bombers' physicality. Now, I still think they're the underdog, but I am going to pick Winnipeg to win 28-24. Right on. Cool. Um, I think it's going to be a very tight game, a close game. I'm predicting overtime. I'm predicting an overtime ending, 38-36 Hamilton, and there will be a two-point or, or two-point score during the game that causes the victory. Be a difference. Well, of two you points. have to go. You have to go for two <laughs> in overtime. So if Hamilton, yep, Hamilton could get a touchdown to get the 38, and yep. if Winnipeg, so you're basically saying it's going to be 30-30 going to overtime. Sure. Both teams get touchdowns. All right. That is excellent. That's my off-the-wall prediction. Uh, the Fizzler says, Reed, when I win that dinner with Oilers management, I'm going to Northern Chicken, and I'm pitching the greatest idea of all time. The Fizzler is co-host on Oilers Now. My goodness, Fizzler. You are an ambitious young man. Tomorrow, 6.30 face-off show. Game at 8, Oilers against the Golden Knights. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Our studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.